You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean Bingham, and today's podcast is a doozy. As if I'd ever not say that right. No, but today's podcast is a very good one. We have a special friend of mine, Alan Malai, who will be joining us shortly to talk Big 12 expansion and BYU in particular. So a topic I'm obviously very non-biased towards, right? No, but uh, we are talking Big 12 expansion, BYU in particular. And we're also going to be talking about the NBA playoffs. You know how much I love basketball. So I can't I can't pass up the chance to just talk about the playoffs. How good are these playoffs right now? The Thunder are playing so well. So well. That game last night was so impressive for them to go out and just absolutely stomp the Spurs. I mean, they won 113-99, to but the game wasn't even that close. The Spurs just got ran out of the building, and then they had, a, you know, the Spurs won the fourth quarter 34-22 to to make it look a little bit interesting, but ultimately... The Thunder just ran that game from start to finish, and uh, they looked as strong as ever. They looked like they could actually challenge the Warriors a little bit, maybe. I want to get your takes on that. Uh, Hit me up on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. There's the plug. Just straight up follow me on Twitter. At Sean Bingham, S-E-A-N-B-I-N-G-H-A-M. We also have a cool Instagram account. It's just STB Sports Take on Instagram, STB Sports Take. Uh, we post some cool stuff there to to just follow along with as well for those of you that uh, are on the Instagram. But anyway, the NBA playoffs are so good right now, and the Warriors look strong. Obviously, Steph Curry had his night there a couple nights ago when he came back and dropped 17 in the overtime to to beat the Blazers, and then they finished the series off at home just a couple nights later when he got his MVP trophy, much-deserving MVP. But um, it's just... It, it's going to be an interesting Western Conference Finals because everybody was expecting Spurs Warriors. But the Thunder, the Thunder have this feel to them, kind of like Jordan and Pippen and the boys did, Horace Grant and them, back in the early 90s, when the late 80s, early 90s, when they were just struggling to get past the Pistons, just they couldn't beat Isaiah Thomas and Bill Lambeer and Joe Dumars and those guys. Rodman was part of that team, the Pistons team. And finally, Jordan gets over the hump. Finally, they beat the Pistons, and there was just no stopping them from that from that point on. There was just no stopping them. And you got to think a guy like Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, they're superstars. Those guys are absolute superstars. They are two of the five best players in the league, in my opinion. I mean, let's, let's just discuss who would be the top five players in the league right now. Obviously, Steph Curry, LeBron James, um... I mean, do you put do you put Durant and Westbrook next? I mean, there's there's so many. I mean, you've got guys you know that uh, like Anthony Davis, you know, whose team didn't even make the playoffs. Uh, he's obviously a really good player. There, there's a there's a handful of guys that could be in the conversation, but I I think I would put Westbrook and Durant both in the top five. I wouldn't put Clay Thompson in the top five. I wouldn't put Draymond Green in the top five. Kawhi Leonard would make my top five. Draymond Green would be really, really close. He'd probably be around the seven, you know, six or seven or eight spot. But you've got two guys there in Oklahoma City that are superstars. Russell Westbrook is a triple-double waiting to happen. Durant is an incredible scorer. He's got the clutch factor going with him now. And 
they're not they're not having those late game letdowns that they had all season long. They're finishing games, finishing games on the road against the Spurs. They beat the Spurs twice in San Antonio. Twice. I mean, that's that's crazy. Because they lost a home game, but they beat them in, in San Antonio twice. The Spurs were 41 and 1 at home this year. Or excuse me, 40 and 1 at home this year. 40 and 1. And the, the Thunder beat them twice in a six game, what turned out to be a six game series at home or at San Antonio. So, I mean, it's just it, the, the Thunder are playing so well right now. They're not having the late game let down. They're, they're finishing games, they're finishing teams, they're finishing series, and they're looking strong. And they're looking like a team. And I'd, I'd be a little bit nervous if I was Golden State, you know. I think that the Thunder are going to give Golden State a far better matchup than the Spurs would have. San Antonio and uh, Oklahoma City were both 1-3 and three against Golden State this year. So obviously Golden State have, had everybody's number. You don't go 73-9 and nine without, uh, without having everybody's number. But the, the Thunder are good. They're really good. So... I don't. I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say that the Thunder are going to win the series because unless Steph Curry, unless Steph Curry gets injured again and can't play for two or three games, the Warriors are going to win that series if Steph Curry is healthy. But if he's not, or if he if he has to miss a game or two, don't be surprised if the Thunder steal that series because they look poised to go on to the next that next level and win a championship. And it's interesting that if they do, it could it could be the it could be an absolute game changer for their franchise for the next decade. Because if they if they did somehow beat the Warriors, and they did go on and beat the Cavs, and they, they won their first NBA championship, and all of a sudden Durant and Westbrook are now like that they've they've arrived, you know, like they're they're title winners now. And why would they leave? Why would they not stay there and defend their title? But if they lose, you know, I can see them looking for greener pastures, more money, better situation, blah, blah, blah. So it's going to be interesting in OKC, but I do think the, that winning that series against the Spurs was a huge, huge momentum builder for them as a franchise. I do think they're going to lose to the Warriors probably in six games. I'm always I'm always hesitate to choose six games when I'm choosing the home team to win because game six will be on the road for the home team, and closing out a series on the road is never easy. But I I, I want to give the Thunder enough credit to say that they're going to win two games. But I don't know. Maybe it ends in five. Maybe it goes seven. But I'm going to go with six to just play it safe, you know, in the middle of those two. So I'm going to say Warriors win it in six. But I'll say this. If Steph Curry is not healthy, the Thunder will win the series. That's my little caveat. If, if Steph Curry, I think Steph Curry is so deserving of the MVP. I think that the Warriors are obviously still a top, you know, five, for sure top ten, maybe top five team in the league without him. But they're not they're not the Warriors without him. They're truly not. Sure, they can beat the Blazers without him, but I don't even think they could have beat a healthy Clipper team without Steph Curry, you know? So and he came back and did his thing and he's just incredible. The the shots he gets up, the the quickness of his release, his ability to, to break free and shake guys for just that split second with his 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 ball handling is so unorthodox and it's so different and it's so it's so unique to anything we've ever seen. That it almost doesn't look as fluid and and one mixtape pretty and you know, but it's so effective, so effective. I mean, he can break free from anybody and give himself just enough space to get off the quickest release in the history of the game, 
and it's just like butter every time. It's like the shots he's taking at any other level by any other player, you'd be like, what are you doing, you selfish idiot? But with Steph Curry, it's like not that way at all. Like he's he, he makes them. He makes them at a very high percentage. You want him taking those shots. Even as a teammate, you're like, oh, shoot it, man. Like, it's fun. I'm, I'm having fun watching you. I'm going to, in fact, I'm going to put my hands up and run back down on defense before it even goes through the hoop because I'm so confident you're going to make it. You know, that's, that's what they're doing in Golden State right now. That's how confident they are in him. And then you look at guys like Draymond Green, who I think is for sure their most, or their second most important player, their second best player, and Clay Thompson and Harrison Barnes, and Andre Iguodala, and even Spates is hitting threes, big man off the bench getting, you know, maybe 20 minutes a game type of thing. They don't have a guy that can't hit a three-pointer. It's it's incredible. That team is so good. Like, it's going to be interesting to see if they can, to see if they can, you know, defend their title, because 73-9 will mean nothing if they don't. Ask the, uh, the Patriots of like 2000, whatever that was, seven or something like that. When they went sixteen and zero, and then eighteen and zero through the, the AFC Championship game, and then lost the Super Bowl to the Giants, you don't you don't win the title, and that seventy three and nine is literally meaningless. Like nobody cares; it's forgotten. You're 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 not even in the conversation for best team ever because you didn't win the championship. There'll be a hundred teams picked ahead of you for greatest team ever, you know, because you got to win the title to be the greatest team ever, right? So they they want to defend that title, but then you get a guy like LeBron James. Okay, LeBron. He's hurting inside. You know, he has his backhanded compliment to Steph Curry the other day saying, you know, oh, yeah, he's very deserving of the MVP. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean he's the best. He basically said Steph Curry is not the best player I am. You know, he didn't say that, but he might as well have, you know, saying that the valuable, the word valuable can be interpreted in so many different ways and blah, blah, blah. But LeBron, you know, I had a friend text me the other night saying how, how important is it for LeBron's legacy to beat Curry in these finals? And I said, you know, it's, it's, it, it is important, but LeBron for sure has to win another title. He, he can't, he can't go, he's going to make the finals this year. We know he is. I don't, I don't see the Heat or the Raptors even putting up much of a fight in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think the Cavs will win that one in five. So the, the Cavs are going to the finals again. LeBron's already two and four in the finals. You can't go two and five. You can't go two and five unless you're going to come back the next year and make it three and five, and then maybe the next year make it four and five, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, the guy went to nine finals and won four titles, like he's the man. But if if he ends his career and he's been to seven finals and only won two of them, I'm sorry, but you just can't be in the conversation for greatest ever. And the other thing I was saying the other the other day to to the same friend, the Eastern Conference is so weak. And it has been so weak for so long for LeBron to go to five or six or 10 straight finals. I just don't really care. You put him in the West, you put his teams in the West, and they're losing in the second round a lot of those years. Especially the Cavs team of, of uh, you know, before he went to the Heat. Those four Heat teams were legit. You know, they should have won the, the title every year. They were very, very good. Um, and of course, they won two of them. But his 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 Cavs team that went to the finals before he went to the Heat. Like that team, that team wouldn't even make it out of the second round in this year's Western Conference. Um, this year's Cavs team is really really good. They've got everybody healthy. They've got Kyrie. They've got Kevin Love. They've got LeBron. They don't have any excuses to lose this year, and they're looking strong. I think they could. I think it's going to be a great finals. 
Uh, I'm predicting, of course, the Warriors and the Cavs. I do think that the Thunder could put up a fight. I don't think that anyone in the Eastern Conference other than the Cavs could. So to me, there's even though there's Raptors, Heat, Cavs, Warriors, and Thunder all left, to me there's really the Cavs, the Warriors, and the Thunder. Ever you know, the other two Eastern Conference teams are just irrelevant. Uh, but game six is tonight, and uh, we'll see what happens there. I'm, I'm rooting for the Heat because I like I like Dwayne Wade. But LeBron has been in the Eastern Conference taking advantage of, and that's why I think he stayed in the, obviously he went back to Cleveland, he loves Cleveland and all that stuff. But I feel like he, you know, he's he's not even considering ever in his whole career, I don't think he's ever considered a Western Conference team because it's always been the tougher conference. And if you want to win a championship, you have to make it to the finals. And so why not, I don't blame him, why not give yourself a 50% chance of winning the title every single year? That's what I was saying to, to the, in this same conversation. Why not, if, if I'm Vegas, if I'm a, an odds maker in Vegas, I'm putting the Cavs as, with a 50% chance to win the title every single year because they're going to make it to the finals. There's nobody there to challenge them. There's one superstar in the Eastern Conference, LeBron James. Who else is a superstar in the Eastern Conference? A true, legitimate superstar. There's no Steph Curry. There's no Kevin Durant. There's no Russell Westbrook. There's no Kawhi Leonard. All these guys we talked about, Anthony Davis, there's none of those guys. Even James Harden, who I think is a joke of a superstar, even he's in the Western Conference. They're all in the Western Conference. So LeBron has, you know, it's a cakewalk to get to the finals every year for him, giving the Cavs a 50% chance every single year of making, of winning the championship. So it's going to be interesting for his legacy to see how that plays out this year because going two and five is not cool. That is not going to be, that is not going to bode well for his legacy to be two and five. And you can't, if you can't beat the best, then you aren't the best. Steph Curry is the best right now. LeBron knows it. LeBron hates it. He wants to beat him. So we'll dive into that another time. But we, we, uh, we've got a great interview coming up with Alan Malice. Let's, let's transition real quick to um, the Big 12 and BYU expansion. I blogged about this a year ago. Uh, it was just after Baylor and TCU got snubbed from the college football playoff. And it was just so painfully obvious that they needed to expand and add another team. And so I blogged about it, and, and I just talked about how, in my opinion, my very strong opinion, the Big 12 needs BYU. And I put it to a vote. Uh, the, the poll question was, which is still up on the blog, it said, you know, it was who needs who? The Big 12 needs BYU, BYU needs the Big 12, or they both need each other equally. 46% said they need each other equally. 41% said BYU needs the Big 12. And 14% said Excuse me, 40% said BYU needs the Big 12, and 14% said the Big 12 needs BYU. I think they need each other equally. Um, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a BYU fan, and so I'm going to be a little biased. But to me, you could you could make a very strong argument that they, the Big 12 needs BYU every bit as much as BYU needs them. You know, I made the argument a year ago that, that, that it was BYU needing, or excuse me, the Big 12 needing them more. And I think, you know, being more realistic, more diplomatic about it, they need each other equally, but 10 teams is hurting them. They made it in this year, Oklahoma, Choklahoma. They got into the playoff and they got stomped by 20 by Clemson. But the Big 12 
I look back to 2014, okay, because it's the best example. I know it was, you know, not last season, but the season before. But TCU and Baylor got snubbed. If they had played again in a conference championship game, there is zero question, zero question that the winner of that game would have gone on to the college football uh, playoff instead of Ohio State. Now, Ohio State went on to win the national championship that year, so they were obviously a deserving team in that playoff. But I'm telling you with absolute certainty that if Baylor and TCU had played a 13th game, a conference championship game against each other, a rematch for the conference championship, there's no question that the winner of that game would have taken Ohio State's place in the college football playoff that year. No question. So that alone is reason to add two teams, add a conference championship game, strengthen your conference, don't be a small 10-team conference. All the Power power 5 conferences have 12-plus teams. Get 12 teams, get divisions, and go be a Power 5 conference. Have 12 teams. And BYU is far and away, without question, the, the, the best option for them. It's just not even... Not even up for debate in my mind. And so I went through, I'm going to go through these same numbers. So some of these have changed a little bit. Um, and so I'll, I'll try and correct them where I need to. But first thing is BYU has a winning tradition. You know, last year they were 90 and 38 leading into, you know, at the blog for the last 10 years. That's a winning percentage of 703. Last year, BYU went nine and four. So they went, I mean, they're, they're adding to this legacy of they have a winning tradition. They've been to a bowl game each of the last 11 years with a winning record of 6-5 and five in those 11 bowl games. 0-2 oh in the last two years, which is unfortunate, but they're, they're doing well. Um, they've finished in the top 25 five times in the last 11 years now. They're 3-1 and one against Texas and Oklahoma since 2009. Texas and Oklahoma are the pride and joy of the Big 12, and BYU is 3-1 and one against them in football. BYU's Lavelle Edwards Stadium holds 63,725 people. That would be in the, in the top, I think, three or four stadiums in the Big 12. BYU is owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Mormon Church, that has 6.4 million members in the United States alone. I'm not saying all those people cheer for them, but they are widespread, and BYU is a national brand. There is zero question about that. There's there's zero question about that, just like there's zero question about t- uh, TCU and Baylor getting into the college football playoff two years ago if they had done a conference championship game. BYU is in every state popular. Every state has BYU fans, more so than any school in the country, I would argue. Maybe Notre Dame is up there. You know, and then there's the occasional bandwagon where it's like, oh, I love USC because Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart are there. And then all of a sudden, nobody's a USC fan anymore. Or, oh, I love Oregon because they like run really fast and score lots of touchdowns until two years later when they don't and we're not fans of them anymore. BYU is a national brand with loyal fans all around the country. So the eyeballs are there to watch games. The fan base is there. They travel well. They have a winning tradition. They're good at basketball. They have a large enrollment of 30,000 plus. They have a large stadium. There's nothing, there's literally nothing holding them back. Okay, they don't play on Sunday. Big deal. No football games are on Sunday. And the occasional basketball game, just schedule them on a Saturday or a Monday and you'll be just fine. Baseball games, the same. There's 25 people in attendance at the baseball games. I think they're going to be okay. 
playing the games, not on a Sunday. So there's there's nothing standing in the way of BYU adding to the Big 12. The Big 12 would be crazy to not invite them. I think it's clear they're going to invite someone, but we'll see who you know who who it is. Even uh, Barry Switzer came out and made it clear that BYU should be the the, the top team. It's just who's going to be that twelfth. So I want I want to bring in my good friend Alan. He's he's a very smart football guy, very smart sports guy. I'm going to have him on the show a lot more. All right, and with that we bring in my good friend and a college football expert, Alan Malai. Alan, thanks for joining us here on Simply the Best Sports Podcast. We've been talking about this for far too long. Glad to finally have you on the podcast. Good to be here, man. Good to be here. Dude, so we're we're talking all about... Now, I know we need to give all of the listeners here a disclaimer. Alan, you probably recognize him from the blog. He is a Ute. He's a Utah fan. That's fine. He understands football. <laughs> he understands the conferences. You know, so we're going to give our very unbiased opinion uh, about the Big 12 and about BYU in particular joining the Big 12. But Alan's done a lot of extensive research on uh, the different conferences and some of the uh, realignment that could and should take place. But the big talk right now, Alan, is the Big 12. And, you know, they've, they're the right. Big 12 with, with 10 teams, right? So do they need two more teams? Do they need that conference championship game? Are they hurting themselves by only having 10 teams? Like, what's your take on on their situation? Do they need a BYU or are they fine without them? Well, see that, see, that's the question. Um, the big 12 just had their, uh, their meetings over in Phoenix, uh, just last week. And, uh, they actually hired an analytics firm, um, to answer that very question. And, uh, what they came up with was, uh, that if they had a 12 team league with an eight game conference schedule, and a championship game, that that would be the best model for putting a, putting one of their teams in the college football playoff. Now, the analytics firm that came up with that algorithm that determined that that would be their best route to a championship actually has correctly predicted every team the last two years in the college football playoffs. So they know what they're talking about. Wow. So my opinion, yes, they. I think they do. Um, and I don't think it's just because of I don't think it's just because they, they, they want teams just to grow. I think that in order to stay relevant, in order to keep that conference strong, um, 10 years from now, you've got, you've got, uh, people within the conference, uh, not putting names to it saying that 10 years from now, they'll, they might not be relevant if they don't, yeah. if they don't expand. So I, I think they need to expand, but there's a lot of hurdles getting there. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't want to see them turn into the Big Ten, which is really like the Big 86 or however many teams are in that conference now. <laughs> you know, because yeah, no. then you get, you know, they have, you know, with Iowa last year, I don't even want to dive into their schedule. It was like the the most cupcake schedule in the history of a Power Five conference. But they played their conference schedule, and the Big Ten was actually uh -huh. pretty good last year. But somehow Iowa didn't play Michigan, didn't play Michigan State, didn't play uh, Ohio State. They just kind of like, you know, snuck through the season without having to play any tough, tough teams within their own conference. But I do think that the Big 12, and we look at like 2014, and I blogged about this a year ago when, when um, you know, the Big 12 got snubbed. They had Baylor and TCU that both seemed like they were fighting for that final playoff spot. You know, TCU was ranked, was ranked third, and they beat Iowa State 55-3 to in their final game. Baylor was... Uh, number six, and they beat number nine, Kansas, by 11, 38-27. So they beat a ranked team by 11. 
and TCU uh-huh. stomped on a team by 52 points, but then somehow Ohio State does a leapfrog. They dropped from three to six. Yeah, yeah. TCU dropped from three to six, and Ohio State snuck in instead. Yeah, it was so weird. It was like it was like, hey, you know, like we're gonna. It was like the committee finally wanted to acknowledge, like, oh, you know what? Like, we're actually going to honor that head-to-head meeting where Baylor beat TCU. And so we're going to, you know, we're going to give them the the number five ranking and we'll have, you know, TCU be number six. But, oh, by the way, we're putting Ohio State at number four, you know. And right. and they had to do it, you know. And, and we all know that Ohio State went on to win the national championship, so they got it right. But you can't tell me that if they if the, if the Big 12 – had a conference championship game set up that year for TCU mm-hmm. and Baylor to play each other again. You can't tell me that the winner of that game wouldn't have gone over Ohio State. One hundred percent, the winner of that game would have got in, and there's no way that the college football playoff committee could have kept them out. Absolutely, absolutely not. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, year year one, the Big Twelve was snubbed. Uh, year two, they got a team in, and then obviously Oklahoma got smashed. Um, yeah, so Oklahoma choked. As they always do. Choke, Oklahoma. <laughs> talk like that's going to make Saban real happy. <laughs> so let, let's talk about BYU. I mean, I've got, I'm obviously yeah. a BYU fan. I'm a little biased. We know that, but I'm, I'm trying sure. to be diplomatic and, and, about this. Um, and to be, and to be fair, I've had, I've had a lot of family play for both squads. So I've got, I like both teams. I when they play together, I'll root for Utah, but you know, I got love for both sides. Okay. I can appreciate that. So I'm looking at BYU's schedule from, from last year, 2015 schedule. And, right. you know, unfortunately, I got to just admit to myself and to all the people out there that uh, think BYU's like destined to win a national championship at any moment. We lost, I say we, I shouldn't do that on the air here. BYU lost every game they played against a Power Five school except the Hail Mary against Nebraska to open the season. They lost to UCLA, right. lost to Michigan. Lost to Missouri, lost to Utah. So, do they really belong in a Power Five conference? Um, unequivocally, yes, they do. Um, since 1980, no team has won more games than BYU, except for five schools: uh, Florida State, Michigan, and Miami. A few other teams, um, and those are all blue bloods of college football. Like. BYU belongs in the discussion of power five teams. They're there. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason why they're, in my opinion, why they're, why they're losing these teams against power five players is because they're not recruiting power five players. Mm-hmm. They're they're BYU's in this weird, this weird spot really for the first time uh, in their history where they're better than everyone they're playing in the group of five but they're not quite as good as everyone they're playing in the power five. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they're, and they're playing good power five teams. If they're playing lower level power five teams, they'd win those games. And yeah. I don't think there's any question there, but they, they, they lack the talent and the depth that comes with recruiting in a power five conference to play against a Utah and win consistently to play against a UCLA and win consistently, you know, and uh, Arizona, even all three of those teams, which they're playing next year versus the Pac-12. So, yeah. They're they're moving up, and if they can keep scheduling well, you know they might not need to get into a conference, um, living the dream, playing blue bloods throughout every conference um, of the Power Five. But yeah, in, you got to start meantime, winning, though. You know, you got to be. You got to start winning. You yeah. got to start winning, and and you know Utah's a great example. Um, um, 
they, they've kind of laid the path, Utah and TCU really, they've laid the path of those teams coming from the group of five and getting in to the power five and coming in struggling a little bit at first and then boom, suddenly they're ranked fifth in the nation. They're competing for the college football playoffs. They're beating Stanford. They're beating USC. They're beating Baylor. They're beating Texas. They're beating Oklahoma. And BYU has the ability to do that. I think to do that at that level and to do it consistently, they have to get into a conference. They just have to. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, and that's another thing I put actually in the blog post from from last year was the TCU-Utah comparison that you just made. Those were those three teams, BYU being the third, BYU, Utah, TCU, they battled year after year after year for Mountain West supremacy. And BYU, right. BYU really kind of had everyone's number for a while there, winning the conference championship a number of times. But it was those three teams definitely at the top, you know. Even in, and, and you look at how TCU transitioned over to the Big 12, and they're like the top team. You know, two years ago they for sure were. Last year they were, you know, probably second best team in the, in the conference. And Utah was right there in the discussion this year. You know, they kind of had a, a late season letdown, but they still finished what, what they finished third in the Pac-12 last year. Fifth, what was it? I know it's all kind of tight there at the top, but gosh, I, I I think I think they ended up finishing uh, third. Yeah, so they, but regardless of whether it was third or fifth or whatever, we know that Utah was very much in the the Pac-12 race, and so it's interesting to think that why shouldn't BYU have that same capability, like you said, when they have the ability to recruit better players? Now, if you look at it from a basketball standpoint, and now we're talking more about football, but I think if BYU made this transition it would be for you know for football and basketball and you look at a guy like you know Jabari Parker for instance was just in town he's obviously plays for the Milwaukee Bucks and he went to Duke and but he's a Mormon kid and BYU is very much on his radar and I, I I feel like a guy like that chooses BYU over Duke if BYU is in a power five conference where they're getting just as much exposure maybe not quite as much as Duke because Duke is is Duke but I do think that, you know, and we've got Frank Jackson. He lives he lives just right here in, in uh, Utah County, and we just lost him to Duke as well. And so you got to think that these guys that are that are Mormon kids, especially because BYU is obviously a Mormon school, you got to think that if if you know when they're that talented, if they're if they have the opportunity to go to a school that not only is is a school they've really wanted to go to their whole lives because of you know the culture and the the religion and things like that that kind of draw them to it. But then also there's the added bonus of like, not only is all that good stuff there that their parents are pushing them towards, but Hey, like, look, I'm also going to get all this exposure on national television. I'm in a major conference. I'm, uh, I'm nationally relevant. You know, I think right. that those recruits start to more and more of them, at least choose BYU. Maybe, maybe no, the, I, I, you know, the extreme outliers still choose, you know, a, a Stanford or a Notre Dame or a, Alabama or Ohio State over BYU, but I think a lot of them we'd be able to get at least some four star recruits and stuff to come to to Provo. Yeah, no, I I agree. And if if you look at recruiting with especially with BYU hiring Kalani Sataki, recruiting is just going to get better. He's already proved it with this year's recruiting class. He landed uh, Jonah Trinaman, Hanson Tanielu, both from Snow College, four or five star JUCO recruits. Um, if you add in Kalani's recruiting ability with a big 12 membership. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're looking at a total change in BYU's recruiting landscape um, beyond what we've already seen. Um, And, you know, I think, you know, 
like like you said, I, I like B, B, I like Utah, I like BYU, I like both schools, but I'm I'm a bigger fan of the rivalry more than I am of one team in general. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've stoked the flames many times in the past, trying to get <laughs> Taysom Hill to come to Utah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, it's it's just it's just fun for me. I think BYU getting into a power conference is the best thing that could happen to this rivalry, because look at the greatest rivalries we have we have in America right now. We have Florida State, Miami, Texas, Oklahoma, um, Ohio State, Michigan, probably the biggest. These guys are all in power five conferences together. Some of our, some are even in the same division. It, it doesn't hurt them because both teams are in a power five conference. It makes each team better, and then each team has this, this fear of loss, like, oh, my gosh, you know, Urban Meyer is recruiting all these studs. We need to go get Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And, and and it happens. And and now look where Michigan is at. Yep. One year removed from Brady Hoke. I mean, come on. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, Michigan. Uh, I mean, that's a conversation for another day. But they're a they're one fluke play away from playing in that Big Ten championship game and and quite likely being the team that ended up in the you know in the college football playoff. You know, because that Michigan State. That remember that the Michigan State punter fumbles the oh, ball man. and Michigan or sorry Michigan's punter fumbles the ball the snap and Michigan State s- scoops it up so, and scores and so I'm sitting with some friends we're we're all in the living room and we're watching the games and my my buddy is the biggest Michigan homer I know and he's so into the game he can't hear it and he he's like he he is he is salt of the earth dude but. He yeah. becomes this vile demon when he watches Michigan football. So he goes up <laughs> into his bedroom to watch the fourth quarter. And uh, apparently his broadcast was 10, 15 seconds ahead of us. So about 20 of us are all watching the game. Game over. You know, they're, they're going to punt. <laughs> and, and suddenly we hear this, this barrage of F-bombs and screaming <laughs> and hitting the wall. No, no. What? What's happening? And then boom, it happens live in front of the TV. It was completely silent. I've never seen a room full of people. Everyone had their jaws dropped. Yeah, it was. It was the coolest thing in the world. That that's. But that's why we love college football. It's a rivalry. Oh yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. So that's what makes it so great. And um, (laughs) yeah. But I mean, as far as expansion goes, I mean BYU is the, the number one candidate. They're topping everyone's list. If you do a Google search, no, USC, totally. We had you know, you, you Barry Switzer came out yesterday, or maybe it was two yeah, days ago, made yeah, it very clear that BYU is the, the top choice. It would be stupid to even you know consider anyone else above them. And then it's just kind of a battle for who gets to be the next team in. But and and I agree right. with it. But I look at like you know I'm looking at like a Boise State. You know, are they more deserving? Well. So there's a couple of factors that are playing into conference expansion. Um, first and foremost, it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's America. We know that football drives expansion, drives um, teams jumping from conference to conference. It's not conference. Real, it's not basketball. It's not anything else. It's not the Olympic sports. It's football. So from a football perspective, Boise state makes the most sense. Geographically, they're close to BYU. Um, they're, they're one of the most winning teams since I think, I think it's 1999. They, nobody's won more football games since 1999. Yeah. They're the second team to break into the BCS. Um, they did it twice as well, just like Utah did. Um, and they did it with style. Line. I mean, man, I'll never forget that, oh. that game. They beat Oklahoma. Adrian Peterson was on that Oklahoma team. That was an incredible game. 
talked to Adrian Peterson about it now. He still hates it. He still hates <laughs> it. Like he, he has nightmares about it still. Yeah. But yeah, no, they, they, they did it with style. The, the problem with Boise State is football-wise, they deserve it, but their, their stadium is so tiny. Their enrollment is tiny. They don't bring anything to the table to the yep. conference aside from just football. Yep. And so um, the, the truth of the matter is if, you know, we, we've been talking about Big 12 expansion for probably about a year and a half now. Uh, only recently is it actually becoming a reality. Um, the problem is if there was a legitimate candidate out there that made 100% sense to the Big 12, mm-hmm. they would have been invited already. You know, yeah. and so that's that's the problem they're facing. BYU makes sense. I mean, they have the... Uh, they have the third, fourth largest stadium with 63,000 plus Yeah. Uh, in the Big 12. They have the enrollment. They have the football resume. They have the tradition. They're, they're, the biggest things that BYU has going against them are two things. They are 872 miles away from Lubbock, Texas. That would be their closest opponent. They're over 1,900 miles away from West Virginia. You know, So we're looking at distance as a problem, um, which – Personally, I, don't I, think I would argue that West Virginia is the one out of out of the range, you know, but they're already in the conference. So, but they're already in the, exactly they're already in the conference. The second thing is Sunday play um, for other sports, but uh, you know, from from people I've talked to, um, that shouldn't be a big deal. They can schedule around it. They can make it work, you know. So. The, the well, third this, problem you is, know, this is 2016. A, planes planes work pretty well, and you know things like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, I think I think I think we are looking at an expansion. I think we are looking at BYU getting included. Um, it's it's been talked about. It's we've heard wars, rumors of wars, and is it going to happen? <laughs> is it not going to happen? Who knows? Who thank knows? you for the uh, thank you for the second coming <laughs> analogy there. You're welcome. You're welcome. Hey, we're, we're in Utah, right? But <laughs> no, so I think I think I think we are going to see the Big Big Twelve uh, expand, or at least make a decision on expansion. And how soon? Probably, how soon do you think we'll hear something, and how soon will it actually take effect? Is this something that could change BYU's 2016 schedule, or is it something that's going to be a 2017 um, thing? We're, we're probably looking at a 2017, 2018. Remember when Utah was uh, accepted into the Pac-12? They were they were two seasons away before they they yeah. joined, right? Yeah. So we're probably looking at the same thing uh, as far as a timeline and when. Uh, Bowlesby, the commissioner of the Big 12, makes a decision. We're probably looking at the end of the summer, is what he said, is where they actually decide. And then I don't think they're in any patient mood to wait. I think as soon as they decide, um, those teams will probably be in for the 2017. Just yeah. my guess, but it could be 2018. Yeah, um, I would, I would uh, think that if they're going to do it, they want to do it sooner rather than later because I think the Big 12 fears they're being left out of – conversations that they feel they shouldn't be left out of as a result of having a smaller conference and so you'd think there'd be some urgency there but you know maybe i'm wrong i, I agree i agree so D- david Bourne, he's the president of oklahoma he's also the new big 12 board chairman and he's been the biggest proponent of expansion in the big 12 he wants to add a championship game he wants to add a, a conference network because the big 12 doesn't have a conference network um He's, he's come out and said recently, David Bourne has said that until the Big 12 does all three of those things, they'll be psychologically disadvantaged. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't disagree with them. That's, that's why they're having all these meetings right now is because they feel psychologically disadvantaged. And they're right. 
I mean, look, the big, the big tens, the SEC, those guys are making so much money with their television networks right now, anywhere between eight to 10 million per school. And it's growing. This, that's year one. You know, wow. the big 12 doesn't have a network. Like you need that revenue to keep schools. Yeah. Uh, I mean, now, B- BYU does have a network, and I've I've heard maybe you know more about this than me, but BYU does have a network. It's a rather robust yeah. network. BYU TV is right. is that hurting BYU's chance of getting in, or is it helping? I've heard that it's I've heard that the Big Twelve doesn't like that. So they're 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 not fans of it because they've had such a poor experience with the Longhorn Network. Um, that's okay. obviously Texas's network. Yeah, but um, you know. TV rights were split into tiers, tier one, tier two, tier three. And uh, BYU's TV network fits into their tier three model. Okay. You know, if they were to get a, a network started. So it's, again, it's, 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 it's like BYU having their own TV network is like Sunday play. They can yeah. figure it out. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, the Sunday play shouldn't be, it should not be a factor. It's like, okay, the occasional basketball game has to get, re, you know, yeah. get rescheduled. Who cares? You know, um, where, where I think, where, where I think, where I think the burden lies is on BYU. So I've, I've talked to former players, even some coaches, and I, I can't name any names, but they said back, back five years ago, six years ago, when, when Utah was being courted by the PAC 12, um, BYU was also getting courted by the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. And and they told me 100% that Utah, or, or, I digress, the Pac-12 said, all right, Utah, if you want to be part of the Pac-12, we need this, 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 and this, and you're not going to be a full member, and you're not going to take part of all of our earnings until three or four years in, and this needs to happen. And Utah basically bowed their head and said, okay, we'll do whatever we need to do. Let's make it happen. And yeah. five years later, they're a full member, and things are going good up on the hill, you know? Yeah. Where BYU, what I was told from people who know, um, came in, and they actually started making demands. Like, we want this. We want this. We're BYU. And BYU's got to come in. If, if, if that's true, and I trust my sources 100%, if that's true, that BYU was close to an offer, but they basically – slapped the hand that was about to feed them shame on BYU. Like they, they need to come in humble. They need to be like, look, we realize that we don't play on Sunday. We realize that we've got a, a network. We want it to work. Let's figure it out. We're willing to do anything, you know, because like I said, BYU needs to get into a conference. Yeah. And, and you know, BYU's mission is to spread the gospel of the Mormon church more than football, mm-hmm. but being, being in the conference helps them do that. Yeah, it, it makes them more them, relevant for sure. It, it makes them more relevant. They get more national notoriety. Um, it's it's just it's just going to spread their brand and spread the gospel a lot more. And football wise, we've already gone over how well that's going to help out with that. Yeah, and they do value so, football. They you know there's obviously a lot of revenue in football, and I think all that increases sure. as well. You know, so so let me ask so, you this. You know, I, I another yeah. thing came up in my mind as you were talking. I think it's clear that BYU belongs in a Power 5 conference, and I think the Big 12 is the perfect fit. Sounds like you agree. It sounds like Barry Switzer and many other agree. And I think that the Big 12 needs them. The problem is they don't need 11 teams. They need 12. Is there a 12th team 
that really helps the process as well, that really helps the Big 12. Because you hear teams like, oh, Boise State or Cincinnati or you know Memphis is yeah. making a big push. And it's like I don't really see any of those. Te- Cincinnati is one that I could make an argument for, but I don't see many teams – helping the big 12 like i think byu can for the same reasons that you just you know went over there's a huge stadium yeah. a, huge, a so, huge national fan base so if, if there's not a 12th team to to join does the big 12 say hey you know what we're as much as we want byu we're better off with 10 than we are with 11 and we're better off with 10 than we are with with 12 with the 12th one being a we add nothing to the you know we're, we bring nothing to the table type school so 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 the quick answer is um that no, BYU doesn't have a natural partner. They don't have anyone to bring in with them. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that makes sense. Um, even even uh, even Cincinnati, that probably makes the most sense as the next school to add, um, is so far from BYU. Like the Big Twelve, really. But they are close to, to West with, Virginia. They are close to West Virginia, and that's that might even put them in the lead. You know, and so I mean, they're they're only. I think I think they're only about three hundred miles from Morgantown. Yeah. So. You know, and their stadium seat, seats forty thousand people. It's not huge, but it's not small. Um, so you're you're looking at a you're looking at a school that makes sense geographically more than football wise. Where BYU makes the most sense football wise, brand wise. You know, and so there's all these factors coming in. Um, do I think the Big Twelve will, will say that they're just better at ten schools? No, I I, I think. Remember, just a few years ago, Texas A&M left, Nebraska left, Missouri left. Yeah. All these regional, blue blood, Big 12 programs left. You know, And I think the Big 12 is going through the same inferiority complex where they're afraid teams might leave again. And if they don't strengthen the conference, it's going to happen. Can you imagine a Big 12 where Texas and Oklahoma leave? Oh, it's, it's they're, they're done at that point. They're dead. They're, they are absolutely dead. Yeah, it's just and, it's just like the Mountain West when they lost TCU, Utah, BYU. They became completely irrelevant. Completely irrelevant. And that's, that's exactly what would happen to the Big 12. It almost happened during conference realignment five years ago when Larry Scott of the Pac-12 was trying to bring over Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah. It was almost done until at the very last second, the 11th hour, Texas decided to stay. So Oklahoma decided to stay and everything, the status quo didn't change. Yeah. But they, they see that on the horizon again. They see it coming if they don't take action now. And they all agree, especially with the new analytics they got from this research firm, they all agree that expanding is the way to do that. Getting people into the college football playoff is the way to do that. Becoming relevant as a conference and strong as a conference. So I, I, I'm more confident now that I've been in the last two years that the Big 12 is going to expand, and I don't know how. I don't know how you leave BYU out of it. Yeah. I, I, I just don't. I, I just don't either. Don't. And the only thing so I can think I, is that it would be it would be something that the, the the BYU is just not willing to to bend on something church related that's that you know yeah. is a bigger deal to them. Yeah. And you know you that know, stuff's and, not always disclosed to the public, but. It is interesting to think about the 12th school, you know? Yeah, I, I think, you know, one that makes geographical sense but doesn't really make a ton, a ton of other sense is Colorado State. Yeah. Uh, they're close to BYU. Um, they're semi-close to Kansas. They have an enrollment that's a little bit bigger than BYU's. Um, problem is, is their record over the last 
few years is almost 500. Um, yeah, they're just not, they're only, not a good school. Yeah, and their, sta- their stadium only seats 34,000. Yeah. So they, they don't make a lot of football sense, but they make a lot of geographical sense. Maybe we can just get the Utes to join and, uh, you know, leave the Pac-12. What's that? Maybe we <laughs> – I said maybe we should just get the Utes to leave and go to the Big 12 instead of the Pac-12. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, dude, I, I, we can't do it. I, I love playing USC and UCLA. Day, I know, man. I know. It's, it's, <laughs> no, the Pac-12 is awesome. It, just, it would be great to have BYU and Utah in the same conference again. You know, there was so much – so much more added to the rivalry with that, but I don't think it'll ever well, be the same. But it's okay. Dude, in my in my utopian dreamland of college football, uh, the FBS would split into two new divisions, and we would we would get we would restore regional rivalries. We would have fourteen team conferences and only have four conferences instead of five. You know, and yeah. we would have no college you, you, football playoffs two national championships and just blow everything out of the water. Yeah. I, I think, I think if we did that college football would become King. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. And I've looked at the, you know, all the, the stuff you've put together. It's pretty cool stuff. I'd actually like to have you on a, a second time to talk about that. We're, we're running out of time here oh, we'll for, for today, but we should, we should have you on again. So, well, let me, let me ask you one final question before we, before we let yeah. you go here, Alan, if you were to, um, if if you were to to say one team, you know, and we've kind of talked about a Cincinnati, a Colorado State, a Boise State. If it were you, right. if you're if you're Bullsby, it's your decision. Who are you extending the invitation to? BYU, you've made it clear that it's BYU, but you've mentioned a few others, and I just want to get and want to kind of put you on the spot and make you pick that final twelfth team. Who are you picking? Taking everything oh, into man. account, you know, geographic, stadium size, winning right. percentage, program history, everything. Um, aside, <laughs> that's a tough question, my man. <laughs> aside from taking a current Power Five team from another school, yeah, no, you can't. Um, it's something that's realistic, you know. Which, so, which which we which isn't going to happen. If I was going to take another one, um, it won't be Houston. The Texas schools don't want to don't want to add another recruiting rival um, in that breadbasket. Mm-hmm. I would. It's got to, it's, it'd probably be Cincinnati, and I think like if, if I'm Bowlesby, I take Cincinnati. I, I get into that Ohio recruiting market. I get into the Big Ten um, ground, and I uh, I uh, I put up with BYU being far away. I I, I just do. Yeah. Um, and, and and you know what? If if I don't if I don't take BYU, um, I probably go with uh, one of the Florida schools. Uh, USF or UCF, Central Florida, Southern Florida. Yeah, and then I uh, I add another school over there in that area. But and those guys are both on the list. So yeah. But I, I think I think I think BYU I, they're not a shoe in. There's, there's there's obstacles to overcome, and and like I said, they need to be willing to work with the Big Twelve on some things and vice versa. Uh, but I would probably add Cincinnati with in with BYU. I like it. No, sure. I, I think that's the best choice too. I actually lied. I have one more question. Who's going to win the Western Conference Finals, the Warriors or the Thunder? Oh, oh man! <laughs> uh, dude, first of all, how exciting is this series going to be? Right? Oh, are it's going to be amazing. Me? The Thunder, the like, Thunder are playing so well right now that I actually think they could could give the Warriors a run for their money. Oh, they, absolutely! And they're so fast. They're so athletic. 
Uh, I mean, Russell Westbrook is, is the most athletic dude in the, con- in, the, in the NBA. In the world. So we're looking at two- <laughs> in the world, probably in the world. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a freak. He's a freak of an athlete. He, he looks like a Marvel superhero on the hardwood. Um, it, man, if I was going to pick a team, I, I, I can't go against the Warriors just because Steph Curry has that. I mean, how do you fight against a shooter like that, you know? But, yeah. I mean – if it goes six, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I'd, I'd be surprised if it goes seven. I'm taking, so I'm taking the the Warriors and six. Warriors uh, and if six. It goes seven. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Warriors and six. Okay. So. We've heard it here first, Alan Malai, Warriors oh, and six. Buddy, we're going to have you on more. Thanks a ton for uh, for joining us, and thank you for giving BYU a little love. Hopefully, between you and Barry Switzer, we can get the Cougs in the in the Big Twelve. Let's do it, man. Nothing would make me happier. All right, buddy. Take care. Okay. See you, Sean. Alan Malai, everybody, that was a great interview. We're definitely going to have him on the podcast more, but uh, really cool insight there on his take as to why BYU belongs in the Big 12, and he does have some really cool thoughts on like complete and total realignment of conferences throughout the entire country. It's a very, very tall order, but uh, it would act, it's actually a cool theory. We'll have him on another time to talk about that, but BYU belongs in the Big 12. The Big 12 needs BYU. BYU also needs the Big 12. So it's a match made in heaven. Let's just make it happen, baby. But um, we're at, we're running out of time on today's podcast, but um, I want to thank all you guys for listening and ask you to please check out the website, stbsportstake.com, but especially check out our social media, at Sean Bingham on Twitter, S-E-A-N-B-I-N-G-H-A-M. But then Instagram, we're just going with STB Sports Take. It's really cool stuff. Check it out. My prediction for tonight, I'm going to say the Heat win tonight and they win game seven as well and they win that series four games to three and then they lose to the Cavs in five. Peace! Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports. Yeah, the best.